Gretchen Whitmer continues to try to destroy her state, and her reasons are nefarious. And can cancel culture is being federally expanded, thanks to Joe Biden. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, I technically have like six stories today, but I'm going to try and keep this podcast down to 30 minutes. Dave keeps telling me. Follow my rule, and I say, yes, sir, I shall. Okay, so let's get to these stories. Um, Governor Gretchen Whitmer is not only trying to screw up her state, but now she's trying to screw up the whole Northeast. In November, uh, the state of Michigan sued the company called Enbridge uh, over a pipeline that runs 645 miles. Now, it runs from the Canada to the United States to transport... Uh, propane and oil. It runs through the Great Lakes where Lake Michigan and Lake Huron connect. The stretch of line is called Line 5 and it transports about 540,000 barrels of oil a day. The government in a statement said, quote, these oil pipelines in the Straits of Mackinac are a ticking time bomb and their continued presence violates the public trust and poses a grave threat to the Michigan's environment and economy. (laughs) Okay, I'm laughing at that. You'll see why I'm laughing about this. So in November, she took them to suit and she basically gave them an order. They had had 180 days to actually end the pipeline. Uh, That 180 days meant there was a May 12th deadline. Enbridge said in a statement, that the pipeline was safe and far more efficient, safer, and better for the environment than using the 2,100 trucks it would take to keep the propane and oil flowing between Canada and the United States. By the way, they never shut down. You'll know it's May 18th and haven't shut down, but there's a pretty good reason why. They said that Whitner had no authority to shut it down because this was based on a treaty between the United States and Canada. By the way, how long has that pipeline been there? Since 1953, and every Michigan governor supported it. So, and there hasn't been any natural disaster caused by this pipeline. So why exactly is she doing this? Well, as you may guess, because Whitmer is a little tyrant, she wants more government control and wants to spend more money. She wants to implement a propane and oil security plan, which makes it so that Michigan, the Michigan government, would have a say how fuel is transported. Now, she doesn't, it's just called the propane security plan. It's not actually a, it doesn't actually have a plan written, so it hasn't been voted on yet. But here's the plan, and see if you can see some problems here. Okay, it's a one, two, three, four, five part plan. Find alternatives for propane delivery. She wants to spend $10 million for the Michigan Department of Transportation to invest in rail infrastructure, $5 million to install propane storage rail, and $100,000 for grants for local uh, organizations to develop alternative propane supplies and delivery options. And she also wants to make it that propane is pre-bought. Oh, that's not going to be a problem, right? No rationing there. 
So that's the first one. The second one, she wants to prevent price gouging. And how is she going to do that? By providing payment assistance to companies that use alternative uh, oils or alternative fuel sources and to companies that don't increase their actual or don't increase their payments. So in other words, the government wants to subsidize the gas companies so that the gas companies can actually ration. Yeah. She wants to trigger market incentives. Okay, we've seen this before. More implementing of uh, Green New Deal crap, like um, rail instead of driving. Uh, probably more, I don't know how they're going to pull this off over there, but probably more uh, uh, solar technology. Keep tabs on the propane supply. What they'll do is they will actually monitor... Uh, the state's usage of in the region and the na national energy supplies and find out the average and basically determine how much propane the state actually needs. And they, they're talking specifically with propane, but they mean this with oil. You don't see a problem with that, right? No rationing there. No shortages there. When the government says, well, you guys should be taking in this many gallons of propane or this many gallons of oil and the government and suddenly the government takes doesn't take enough oil you've got shortages boost energy efficiency listen to this one drafty homes consume more fuel to reduce the demand for propane the plan calls for using money in whitmer's proposed 2022 budget to help low-income homeowners Again, this is class warfare crap, but low-income homeowners, it's not talking about just regular folks. It's talking about only the people that they want to take care of. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm sorry, I, I devoted Low-income homeowners renovate their homes to improve energy efficiency. So what she wants to do is she wants to spend money to upgrade homes for people who don't make a lot of money yeah that's great okay there's some things about this that really just uh, uh, disturb the crap out of me this may not seem like much but this is an attempt for the government to take over private industry don't forget the government's not just going to sit there and say okay we now own the oil, oil fields like they did in venezuela and it took them 10 years to actually nationalize their uh, energy this is the government's way of just taking bit by bit. And the government doesn't have a real good track record when it comes to working energy. They really are. Um, they spend a lot of money, and it's all tax money. So eventually what's going to end up happening is going to cost you more in taxes in order to pay for them running these industries. And we've seen that before. We've seen that in Venezuela, for example. The government is not efficient and they're not competent to tell private companies how to run, private energy industries, how to run their industry. It's just a bad idea. And here's the thing that really no one talks too much about. The government just doesn't care about people. Energy will be cost more and energy will end up being rationed. I mean, she's basically saying that in this proposal that they're going to determine how much energy you can use. The government doesn't 
have any idea here how to how to do this. And I mean, look what happened to Texas when they had minus 20 degree weather and they all froze. The government screwed that up by having so much wind and solar technology to create their energy. And we've seen we've seen all this before. We've seen it in Russia, China, Cuba, and most recently Venezuela, where the government doesn't know how to deal with energy. That's why you leave it to the private industry. Because private industry is trying to do everything efficiently and cheaply. Private industry does not want to overcharge because if they do, they know it will be take their customers will either leave them or the customers will be taken away by another. Another reason I can't stand this idea is, is that um, Gretchen Whitmer has been a terrible governor. Detroit is a disaster. I mean, they sold the kingdom, which used to hold the Lions for $10 million. The kingdom football stadium because the land was worthless they have gone from millions of people to about 200,000 in population in Detroit it's a mess over there they have nothing but crime problems uh, the one thing that Gretchen Whitmer wasn't supposed couldn't get away with was eliminating the second amendment there they actually don't have much of gun control there people are walking around with guns because it's become a wild the wild west in Detroit if you're not armed you're going to get shot the state still has a huge drinking uh, water problem their water is still green that's never Gret, Gretchen Whitmer never fixed that it's still a problem her COVID policies have killed people. She had the nursing home scandal where she was just letting anyone into the, any, any care worker into the nursing homes without background checks. She was allowing COVID positive patients into the nursing homes so that they could get better and it ended up killing a bunch of them, a la Andrew Cuomo. She's actually under investigation for screwing around with the COVID death numbers because they were so bad. She had some of the most restrictive COVID policies in the country. People were getting arrested for going to church, actually going to church in the parking lot, sitting in their cars, listening to the priest talk. People were being arrested. And yet, she, and yet, her, um, her, uh, COVID numbers are some of the worst in the country. I believe top five COVID uh, problems, COVID uh, infections and deaths in the country. And the bitch banned plants and paint, for Christ's sake. People couldn't even go outside to plant a plant because they couldn't buy the plants. They couldn't paint their houses because they're... You know, especially you're, you've been locked down for a year. You think, okay, I'll fix the house up. I've actually seen businesses in San Diego do that, where they closed. They had to be closed, and they reopened brand new. They actually took the time to fix their businesses. People were doing the same. I did it with my place. People were actually fixing their houses, and they couldn't do it because they couldn't get paint. They couldn't get housing supplies. They couldn't get plants. And then finally... Oh, her vaccination record is terrible. She's got amongst the worst vaccination records in the country as far as dealing out with vaccinations. They were actually throwing out vaccines 
because they didn't get it into the arms of people fast enough. So she can't blame the vaccines on that. Also, she's a hypocrite. She's just a bad human being. And if none of this makes you think she's a bad human being, she is a bad human being. During a complete shutdown of her state, her husband used her name to get his boat put in the lake at the height of the pandemic. So the place had to be closed because Gretchen Whitmar closed the country, closed the state. But her husband, he was arrogant enough to believe that, you know, Gretchen, I'm Gretchen Whitmer's husband. Put my boat on a lake, open up and put me in the lake, a la Nancy Pelosi, a la Gavin Newsom. She set up travel restrictions on who could leave and come back into the state. So if you left the state from Detroit or from, yeah, from Michigan, you would have to take all this testing and crap to come back into the state. And she limited who could actually come into the state. Meanwhile, she's traveling to Florida to see her parents on a private jet. Huh. Now, I don't mind that normally, but don't restrict anyone else from doing it. And she even banned people from seeing their parents, which is more ironic. This is a woman you want to depend on to make sure you have gas in your car and heat in your home in the negative 20 degree weather? I think not. By the way, I mean, this is a woman that they touted to be a presidential candidate for 2024 and 2028. She has no chance. She may not win the governorship. I wouldn't be shocked if she sat there and said, I'm not running. Just a terrible, terrible human being. Okay, in our next story, um, Big Brother is listening and he's taking out anybody who has the audacity to have an opinion that counters Big Brother's opinion. Sound familiar? I think it was something like 1984 by George Orwell, Animal Farm by George Orwell, Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. These guys were brilliant because they called this crap out way before it happened. Oh, we can't forget, um, we can't forget, oh, what's that book called by Alex Huxley? Oh, I'm going to remember it when I go through it. But yeah, it's already happening and it's, it's actually quite scary. And we can, we can actually see it happening on a daily basis now. By the way, it was Brave New World by Alex Huxley. I knew Brave New World is really scary because it's really, really accurate. There's not even a question why uh, George Orwell, uh, how George how George Orwell was um, influenced. Alex Huxley actually said this stuff in the 30s, so he was way ahead of his time. So um, we have Big Brother today, and his name is Joe Biden. The Joe Biden administration is reportedly preparing to contract with private firms to listen in and look into social media accounts of uh, the military. And the, the idea is to weed out those views that the administration deems as concerning. So The Intercept reported this, quote, an extremism steering committee led by Bishop Garrison a senior advisor to the Secretary of Defense is currently designing a social media screening pilot program which will continuously monitor military personnel for, quote, concerning behaviors, end quote, according to the Pentagon briefing in late March. Although, the past, although in the past the military has balked at surveilling service members for extremist political views due to the First Amendment protections, the pilot program will rely on a pr on private surveillance firm 
in order to circumvent First Amendment restrictions on the government monitoring, according to the senior Pentagon official. So that's disturbing. So they figure, well, the government can't monitor it because of the First Amendment. So we'll just hire someone to do it for us because the First Amendment, because the First Amendment doesn't apply if it's a private company. That's really scary. One of the reasons why Section 230 needs to be removed because big tech can find their ways around the First Amendment. Though the firm has not been selected. The current frontrunner is Babel Street, a company that sells powerful surveillance tools, including social media monitoring software. Okay, a couple of questions here. First, define concerning behaviors. What's a concerning behavior? Is saying that old Joe is a complete idiot and, and basically mentally deficient, is that considered concerning behavior? Is concerning behavior retweeting Donald Trump Jr.'s tweets? I was going to say Donald Trump's tweets, but you can't do that anymore because he's been kicked out from social media. The other question is, define extremist behavior. Saying Is saying a man is a man considered extremist behavior? Because it technically is considered extremist behavior. I've been kicked off of Twitter for saying that. People are being kicked off Twitter for saying that. I know that for a fact. And by the way, what was really extreme a long time ago is not considered extreme today. A man marrying a man was considered, if you believed a man should be able to marry a man just 10 years ago, that was considered extremist behavior. Barack Obama didn't believe in that, by the way. Barack Obama did not believe in gay marriage. So if I said I don't believe men should be married, I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying that's an example of is that ex, that would be extremist an extremist belief today. So where's this extremist coming from? And you know something, if you are circumventing the constitution by hiring a private company, isn't that still the constitution you're still violating the first amendment? So if I can't surveil someone, or I can't tell someone, I can't tell the police to take this person's gun, but I hire a thief to take that person's gun, isn't that still a violation of the Second Amendment? Hasn't the government violated the First Amendment by hiring a company to violate the First Amendment? Way to go. I got a feeling we're going to be looking at a um, Supreme Court judgment on this one. And because it is a violation of the First Amendment, why would the military approve of this since their job is to defend the First Amendment? Their circum the, the Department of Defense is admitting they need to circumvent the First Amendment. Why would the Department of Defense sit back and say, "Okay, we're going to get we're just going to ignore the constitution and do something that is a uh, a trick that goes around the first amendment?" A spokesman for the House Armed Services Committee released the following statement. 
The committee understands that the Department of Defense is exploring a means of implementing social media screening in conjunction with background investigations. We anticipate that any social media screening would be intended only as an additional means of vetting cleared individuals or those seeking to obtain a security clearance, not as a tool for ongoing surveillance of all men and women in uniform. By the way, that's how it always starts. And then suddenly they begin to look deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Right now, just getting a security clearance, that they say just getting a security clearance, that is a big deal. That is a big deal. People's promotions can depend on a security clearance. But what's to, so suddenly they can't go up in the military because they said something stupid. So you got to sit back and you got to wonder yourself, okay, well, how long will it be before you actually get someone off or kick someone out of the military because he said the same thing that prevented him from getting security clearance? You see what I'm saying? Give a mouse a cookie. This is the same thing that happened with LGB, why a lot of people like me did not support the LGB community because it wasn't called LGBT. It was called LGB at the time. Now it's LBGT. Now it's LBGT+. Now it's okay for kids to be transgender. Now it's okay for teachers to give kids uh, hormone replacement therapy. Now it's okay. uh, uh, Two years ago, it was okay for kids to be dancing and uh, doing strip teases in gay bars. Now people are looking to marry their brothers and sisters. And uh, pedophiles are basically pushing their narrative that they should be able to have sex with underage kids children because it's just another sexual preference. Do you see what I'm saying? If we start with one thing, it's like gun control. First you ban bump stocks, then you ban um, oversized uh, oversized magazines, then you ban AR-15s, then you ban handguns. Soon you're not even allowed to own a revolver. Give a mouse a cookie. They will take it. They will always take it to take away our rights. That said, Secretary Austin has been clear about the intentions of un- uh, to understand to what extent extremism exists in the force and its effect on good order and discipline. We look forward to hearing the results of the stand down and the department's plan to move forward. Now, they, the Congress was asked about this. They hadn't heard anything about this yet. This may be just something to look at. I don't know if this policy can be implemented without Congress's approval. And it, it sounds like this is on the initial stages. But the fact of the matter is that they do have a company that is that they have an idea that they want to use and they do have a plan already. That's pretty scary. This is one of the reasons why that I my fiance just walked in and is making a lot of noise. So uh, ignore it for a second. The this is the reason why I did get out of social uh, get off the of social media. Someone's beliefs can cause fights with the family and friends that would normally never happen. So I'm conservative, but half of my family is not conservative. They're actually leftists. One of the things I would never do is say on... One of the things I used to do is is just like something or retweet something or post something on Facebook, and suddenly my beliefs are out there that I normally that I normally wouldn't give, and then I could have conflicts with the family. That has happened before. 
but this is not a reason why I should lose my job. One's beliefs through, and it could be just through comments to posts or likes of posts can be put out right in the open and you just don't want maybe political beliefs exposed. I think we need to change that. I think we should be able to put anything out there, but sometimes it might not be popular and it might not be something you want exposed. Someone could post or like something, but that doesn't mean he or she is an extremist. And by the way, we don't even know what extremism means today. So I may post something that says a man is a man and a woman is a woman and there's no ifs, whats, or hows about us. That doesn't mean I'm an extremist. Just because you call me an extremist, and that's that whole perception is reality thing that these HR departments are pushing, just because you think that's an extremist view doesn't necessarily make it an extremist view. Also, some likes can be misconstrued misconstrued because of perception. Because maybe the person that liked something, and this is very common, didn't actually read the post. This happened to Donald Trump several times where he liked something that came from a white supremacist group or a QAnon group or something like that. Chances are he didn't really like it because he liked what they were doing, but he liked what they initially said, but he may not know who they are. So this is something that you gotta, you can't take in the credit. There's no way in, in social media you can see what intent is. And finally, one of the reasons we can't really use social media as a gauge to whether somebody is an extremist is people post stupid shit all the time. They're drunk, they're emotional because they just broke up with their boyfriend or girlfriend, or just not paying attention to what they say and suddenly the post and post something dumb. It happens. It happens all the time. I would think probably 20 to 30, maybe 20 to 50% of the posts people post are just dumb or they don't realize what they're posting. Should a person lose his or her job because they just said or did something dumb? Uh, anyone can be condemned for having an opinion. This is a problem. This is a problem in our culture. Like I said, that per perception is reality thing the HR departments are doing right today. It, that's all a bad thing. And what one calls an extremist opinion, extremism is, by the way, unless they're actually doing something extremist, extremism is kind of a subjective stance. It's not a real stance. So it's kind of hard to do this. Okay, next story, and I think I'm probably going to end it after this story. One example that kind of proves what my point in the last is this story. A Space Force Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer was fired after he criticized the U.S. military for the, for the Marxism he claims has been infiltrated into the ranks. He apparently had been in a critical race theory uh, talk and the government military was actually pushing this crap and he fought against it and he was let go because of it. Lohmeyer said on Fox News, quote, what happened is I began noticing some time ago and not just in the past few months, but over the last several years, an increasing relevance 
of what I saw as Marxist ideology parading by other names. By the way, critical race theory, which is something that Black Lives Matter has embraced, is Marxism. And Patrice Kellers, Quellers, I think, to pronounce her name, she's actually said she is a Marxist. She's a trained Marxist. And even compared her writing to Mao's Red Book. So let, let, let's understand that critical race theory is a Marxist indoctrination. And one of these days, and I think I might do it this weekend, but uh, we're, we're going to read the introduction of um, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, because you can see this is Marxism. This is fascism. There's no room for opinion. So anyway, let's continue. The defense secretary in February, I think it was February 5th of this year, called for an extremism down day, and they issued a guidance memorandum to all service members. And in the guidance memorandum, he basically gave an injunction to every service member to combat extremist ideologies within the force where they saw them. Do you think that's appropriate? Anyway, continuing. And to take it upon ourselves to protect one another and to speak up and educate one another about extremist ideologies when we discover them. Apparently, by extremist ideologies, they mean Mar not liking Marxism as an extremist ideology, or he wouldn't have been fired. Causing divisions within the force. That me paraphrasing the guidance memorandum. And so I include that in an introduction to my book as well. This is what I'm afraid is going to happen when they start monitoring social media posts. Most of the people in the military, especially in the lower groups, they're actually pretty conservative. So, yeah, they're going to say things that are going to be conservative, like, I hate communism and Marxism, and that can be seen as extremism that can get you to lose your job or your security clearance. By the way, Lohmeyer's book is number one on Amazon's book list after this story came out. Um, this is an example of council culture actually beginning to backfire. Okay, um, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I actually do have another story about cancel culture coming in, but I'm not going to have time to go through it today. Uh, you can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, YouTube, and Rumble. I hope you have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>